Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Poker. This is Sasha Stone with AwardsDaily.com. And Jeffrey Wells of Hollywood Elsewhere, uh, talking from Wilton, Connecticut, where everything is placid and quiet and sunny and fragrant and beautiful. <laughs> and I hear you are planning on a big party coming up soon. Uh, well, I uh, yes, uh, Sutton's uh, birthday party, which I had to, I have uh, three gifts for her. One is a little uh, uh, guitar center tambourine, which she's never played with, but beautiful little device. And, uh, and it's her size. The second are light-up sneakers, the kind, you know, when you walk, the, the, the body weight makes the, the sneakers kind of flash, you know, strobe lights. And the third one is a, uh, uh, what I call, what they call a thumb piano, where you can kind of play music with your thumbs. She'll probably ignore that because she's too too young for that. But That's so cute. Well, the, the thing they're doing at that age, she's turning how old, too? Yeah. Too. Yeah, at that age, they're just poking at things to find out where the boundaries are. Like, if I if I do this, will mommy get mad? If I do that, will it make a loud sound? If I do that, will I get mm -hmm. me, you know? So they're not quite, right. they're just developing their boundaries and, and what's safe and what's not safe, as opposed to their creative life, which comes a lot later, obviously. But that's okay. That's still Why good. Why is it her. obvious? Well, didn't Mozart start playing piano when he was three? Yeah, no, you can teach it to them. You can you can try to, you know, encourage them into it. And sometimes they'll mm -hmm. go for it and sometimes they won't. You know, like sometimes you want yeah, your kid. Yeah, sometimes they won't. Exactly. Yeah, it depends on, you know, sometimes you want your kid to be a certain thing and they do something totally different. Yeah. Like for, with my daughter, I was convinced that I wasn't going to ever show her television commercials aimed at her. Like, and so she never watched regular TV. I kept her completely away from that. I kept her away from video games. I didn't want her to have her developing mind learning mm. from video games. But eventually she became a gamer and graduated from NYU in game design. So <laughs> you never know what, <laughs> you know. That's not what she's doing now, though. What she's doing now is is uh, trying to be a chef. She actually likes cooking. Yeah, and great. I you love know. that. Yeah, so so she did. That is a little bit of a chip off the old block from me that likes to cook, and so I'm proud of that. But I never would have in a million years. Oh, and her father in Italy, their whole family, they're also chefs. So it's in her blood and her DNA. But I never would have figured that as a career path for her, you know, um, early on. Yeah, so the idea that all young people should have is that uh, you know it's wonderful to to try and experiment and to do this and to try that absolutely and you should never be told listen you didn't do too well at that therefore you're you might be some kind of failure in general exactly. please you know just try it man and if it doesn't work out the way you would like it to do then do the next thing it's right. fine you know? and learning about it's, music at her age will be good for her brain good for her to hear that and to to although she does yeah. she does already dance and stuff I've seen videos of her. Yeah, yeah. She likes to dance. Um, and that's well, cute. Loves to dance. Yeah, that's adorable. So uh, she's already tall. Right. I mean, she she looks four. She doesn't even look two. You know, she looks like she's four years old. She's so tall. I, I hadn't thought of that at all. I mean, I look down at her. She's like the size of a of a hobbit. You know, she's tall. She's not tall. This is my tall. understanding of what tall is. She's tall for a. Um, huh? She's tall for a toddler. Two-year-old. May I say something about dehumanization? Um, and just about anybody is uh, susceptible to this. It's been acknowledged um, 
that basically, uh, you know, white males are being dehumanized and vic and villainized. And this is actually, you know, who, you know who said this? Megan Fox in an interview in which she she discussed uh, uh, only a few days ago, uh, last Tuesday. Uh, she said, "Here, here's the quote. It's from a piece about her, uh, one of her encounters, one of her." you know, audience talks, talking to a largely female audience, comma, Fox said that straight men have recently been villainized and asked them to be patient as she detailed the painful experiences that women have endured by from toxic men and bad boyfriends and ugly husbands. <clears throat> you know, later, the actress reflected on cult classic Jennifer's body and the film's ability to connect with with queer audiences, despite its weak reviews. You know, a, a woman like Megan Fox, who's basically saying the same thing that all uh, positive activist women are saying, which is that my life has been destroyed or, or or plundered or bruised by toxic, ugly men, which obviously we have no shortage of in this country. And it's basically that's what you have to say if you're going to write. I was I was treated awfully. Uh, I. I I had a terrible time with boyfriends in my teens. I was exploited. They are they're they're bastards. Fuck all those guys. That's they all these books say the same thing. Nobody's challenging the veracity of her accounts, but she at least said that straight men, white straight white men, have been recently villainized by the culture because that's what the culture is doing. And asked them, I, I love this part, be patient. <laughs> Just, just you know, weather it, guys. You know, toughen up and and accept the blame that you many men out there for being ugly, toxic, creeps. Uh, you know, just just roll with it, man. You know, you you guys are guilty, so you gotta got you just gotta suffer through it. Which is, uh, I, I love that. Anyway, basically, if you are if you say anything about, like for instance, if I say anything about any actress who I believe is um, being Oscar touted. Because, um, you know, people say, oh, she's wonderful performance. And we all know that the performance itself is maybe okay. You know, pretty good. Not a bad performance at all, but no, nothing to get too excited about. If you say that, you're automatically sexist. You're, you're, you're a racist. Um, I've been called uh, uh, terms because I don't think that Lily Gladstone is all that wonderful in Killers of the Flower Moon. She's making her campaign for Best Actress, which you said over and over is pro probably going to be uh, successful. I've said it over and over that it's basically an identity-based campaign. And she's playing that card, obviously, yesterday on, on, was it two days ago on Twitter, in which she talks about how, you know, don't see Killers of the Flower Moon if you are a Native American, unless you're seeing with people who are who you feel safe with. I don't see it in mixed company, I guess is what she's saying. Don't go to a regular megaplex, but see it with friends who are also Native American. And if you say anything at all about, well, okay, she's, but if, remember the old, good old days when best actress performance were about acting and about how great you can be and how you can imbue the character with some kind of humanity that people recognize and feel in their, in their bones. That's over because it's all, all identity. And if you say that you're a fucking racist and you're a bad person and you're toxic and you need to be exterminated there, you know, it's the same kind of linkage that you're making. If you say humanitarian, don't let's not do have all these thousands of Palestinians have to be killed. And that makes me an anti-Semite. Semite. Now I don't, really see that as the same thing is what they're what the wokesters are doing if you say that a person who's driving an identity campaign for an oscar which clearly Lily gladstone is you're automatically anti-native american you're you know maybe racist and it's just 
disease, this this thinking, this linkage. All right, so let's talk about the failure of the Marvels. The Marvels uh, is a uh, is a. Uh, I mean, it's to me, I've I've despised uh, spandex movies from the get go. Although I've had a few that I've really genuinely liked. Uh, Endgame I liked, and the, uh, uh, the the first two Captain Americas I liked, and I uh, loved uh, Ant Man number one, and I loved uh, uh, Spider Man uh, No Way Home. So that's like five or six that I was just totally down with, and really mm-hmm. de- was delighted that they were made. But um, basically, it's it's been a, a weekend a week of joy for me, a weekend of joy that they went and everybody started reporting, which is that it's a, it's kind of a flop. And, um, you know, they have not had a super weekend. And uh, there are p- plenty of people that are, you know, reveling like myself. And, in, in in, 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 you know, th- and the belief is that Captain Marvel's uh, overly woke. It. It's too woke of a concept. And uh, that Marvel films are essentially uh, male dweebs. That that's the core of the audience. And, and anytime you make it too... Uh, too female oriented or too wokey, it'll be uh, it'll be a problem. Now here's the um, here's the director of Captain of the Marvels. Her name is Nia DaCosta. Oh, okay. And she has said, uh, you know, some have been they they said this article said some have been rooting for uh, the Marvels to fail uh, since beforehand, and the primary reason for the backlash was because Brie Larson is a feminist. Okay, fine. And didn't smile enough in the trailers. Anyway, talking to Variety, not too long before the Marvels opened last Friday, uh, Nia DaCosta uh, was asked about the negativity. And she said, uh, explained that she's familiar with the negative and toxic sides of fandom because she's been a fan of nerdy shit for a long time. DaCosta went on to say, quote, there are pockets where you go because you're like, I'm a super fan. I just want to exist in the space of just adoration, which includes civilized critique. Then there are the pockets. She's talking about the fanboys, the ugly fanboys that are really virulent and violent and racist and sexist and homophobic and all those awful things. So basically she's saying, if you don't like the idea or maybe you've seen Captain Marvel, I mean, the Marvels, which, let me make it clear. I have not seen and probably don't ever intend to see. Have you seen it, by the way? No, Sasha? but um, here's the thing about the Marvel thing is that I, a while ago on Twitter, people were saying that um, they didn't understand why this movie was tracking so badly and that people probably weren't going to go see it. And I was thinking, are you crazy? Like, do you really not know what's going on here? Do you really no. not see it? Are you just playing dumb? Are you too afraid people will criticize you for the truth? Mm-hmm. What's the deal? Like, are you are really not going to talk about reality here, huh? Not even a little bit? <laughs> so what's the reality? The reality is that they took a brand that was aimed at boys and men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They took a brand that was aimed at boys and men, and they repackaged it for girls who aren't the number one box office draw and politically mm-hmm. correct people who would give them, you know, glowing articles like, finally, a feminist Marvel movie mm-hmm. that nobody ever asked for. They like basically took over the sandbox that was belonged to boys. They did this across all major brands in Hollywood because they got too many complaints that it was all about boys and they were leaving girls out and this and that. Mm-hmm. But sorry, it's not the same. Those guys okay. came to those movies because they want to see alpha males. They want to see heroes. They want to see men being macho. most of the most of the fanboys obviously that's what they want but how do you explain the popularity of wonder woman for instance wonder or, woman came uh, out in 2017 it was gal gadot was um 
not to put too fine a point on it, but mm-hmm. not a screeching feminist. And she was in a sexy outfit and she looked pretty and it was a fun movie. And there were men in it. And it wasn't a scolding men feminist political movie at all, Wonder Woman. Well, let's remember, we're talking about the first one, which largely a good part of it took place in during World War One, right? And <clears throat> 1920s, kind of a time travel piece. The second one wasn't as um, successful, as I recall. 1984 one, the 1980s one. Did you see it? The second one? I think I tried to suffer through it. Yeah, it was terrible. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's a difference. There's a huge gap between Wonder Woman and this Marvel debacle. The Mm. Marvel thing looks like what they did to Mean Girls. Like, it looks like a total woke rebrand. And they think that's what Gen Z wants, because that's what Gen Z is all interested in on Twitter and and social media. Mm -hmm. But they're only really interested in it because it reflects who they are. It's not necessarily something they want to consume as a product. They they like the woke stuff because it helps them brand themselves online. It's like that woman that I spoke to <clears throat> after I saw Priscilla uh, f- a few days ago, last weekend. And I said to her, uh, I heard you say you really loved it. Can you tell me why you really loved it? I mean, I was just kind of wondering. And she's I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you why. Because it was all from her perspective. And she didn't care, in other words, how engrossing or how uh, absorbing it was as a narrative or you know rich character thing she just loved that it was all priscilla's take on this rather bizarre perverse marriage that lasted for like seven years or whatever that's what she cared about that's what they like it that happy with that i mean i see a lot of young women you know showcasing this movie on tiktok and stuff because it helps their brand um Mm -hmm. in other words it's women want to see themselves as victims of predatory men right. and and marinate in their trauma of predatory right. men right men mm-hmm. just have to sit there and take it even though superhero movies were their one escape you know where they could go and just enjoy an alpha male kicking ass you know mm-hmm. they're men they were evolved to be hunters give me a break right like what are we going to do feminize every single man purge masculinity from our culture is that the plan and you expect to make money off of a of an economic model that was aimed almost exclusively at men suddenly we're going to transfer priscilla is you know very much in the wheelhouse of young generation z and young millennial women and how they see the world and they love being able to slice and dice someone like elvis presley in retrospect my my niece calls him a pedophile and you and i have had this argument before Liking teenage girls does not make you a pedophile. A pedophile likes prepubescent girls, meaning no pubic hair, no boobs, no period, nothing. Children. And I think they're actually, not to digress, but uh, there is a term for an adult who's into uh, girls in in their early to mid-teens. Isn't there a slightly, isn't there a more specific term? Pedophile, I think, usually refers to prepubescent young kids, right? Or am I wrong? Um, Pedophile is is the legal the definite medical definition is prepubescent so before oh. puberty right okay. which is kind of interesting when you think about as a sidetrack gender affirming care and how they delay mm-hmm. puberty and they give them puberty blockers and keep them sort of pedophile friendly mm-hmm. for a long time until they that's kind mm-hmm. of a, a sick way of looking at it but it right. is sort of a weird thing to think about mm-hmm. in terms of the <clears throat> definition of pedophilia anyway liking young teenage girls is you know, I'm sorry to have to say, but it's not an abnormality in the male species. In fact, there were a lot of times when 
my grandmother from Poland married my grandfather when she was 14 and ended up having 11 mm. kids with him. So, you know, 14. I uh, think an ancient, ancient uh, uh, Judaic culture is uh, nomadic culture. That's pretty common, actually, for young. And you're, you're not. I mean, girl. I'm not saying it's it's moral for our particular society now. But it's not a mm -hmm. it's not an abnormality. Abnormality is pedophilia, being attract sexually attracted to children. There's something really right. even though they did it in the Roman days. I'm just saying that like there is something wrong with you if that's the only way you can get sexually aroused. Well, it's it's also been said that uh, Jerry Lee Lewis who married his cousin or second cousin or first cousin when she was like 13. She was actually 12 when they first got married, but they said it was 13. And Elvis, who was totally, according to one of his biographers, Alana Nash, says he was totally into 14-year-olds. Now, that's not pedophilia, but that's damn close, wouldn't you say? 14? It's, that's just, it's, you know. it's, cre it's creepy. It's bordering on creepy in modern society to, be a, to not just be attracted to those girls, but to act on those impulses. You know. A lot of times, apparently, he didn't actually do the deed with him, but he loved to fiddle around, you know, and uh, yeah, do, like of... he liked with Priscilla. He didn't even like to have sex Priscilla. He liked to, like, I guess, have, uh, you know, hand jobs or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. Oh, God. But he was a he was a creep. He was a creep. But the difference between he and Jerry Lee Lewis, Jerry, Jerry Lewis is stupid enough to admit it or talk about it uh, openly. Whereas Elvis was protected by Colonel Tom Parker, and they basically said, "Yeah, but when you were happened. when you were so, in the South, growing up in Tupelo, Mississippi, when he did, you know, they were hillbillies. There's a whole different yeah, set of rules exactly. in that kind of culture. Just like with Roman Polanski, like and mm -hmm. the 1970s sexual mores in the 1970s. If you watch Bad News Bears, everything was very different back then. Not but, to mention the age of consent in Poland when he was growing up, and uh, it was quite young. Uh, even mm -hmm. in in Spain, I believe it was something like thirteen. Not until relatively recently. Yeah, a lot and, of uh, a lot of cultures. It's 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 post puberty. By the time women are fertile, when they get their period, they're fertile. Mm -hmm. Then they're open. Then you can mate with them. Basically, is the idea, right? We don't obviously live in that kind of culture. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying right. that. And because I don't nowadays, women have babies much older when we're, mm -hmm. you know, in our 30s and 40s and sometimes even 50s. Right. And um, and children are coddled so that mm -hmm. they're coddled to where they stay home even into their 20s. And if you, you know, a 19 year old is seen as a child, right? A 19 year old who's almost who's a legal adult is considered a child in a lot of instances like mm -hmm. Ansel Elgort, they said was a mm -hmm. pedophile rapist because he slept with a 19-year-old. And I'm sorry, in no universe. And that's why I got into so much trouble on Twitter was because I said he wasn't a pedophile mm -hmm. rapist because he's not. There's no way that you can define him as a pedophile rapist. So... Anyway, just to get back to um, the failure of the Marvels, I feel good about it, not because a female superhero has uh, gone down in flames but because i sense and i could be wrong of course but i sense that we're it's we're all experiencing the entire culture is experiencing genre fatigue or superhero fatigue and it's been uh, with us let's remember back goes back to 2010 so we're talking about 13 years of this shit and it's been because there have been not just wonder woman but remember you know there's Talk black widow which i guess was not a huge hit but that was something of a hit there was the original captain marvel in 19 only four years ago 
there was also She-Hulk, which I kind of liked. I watched that uh, twice, and uh, there was a streaming series. Uh, there was some others, uh, um, Ladybug, you know, I mean, so it's like, it's not like all female superheroes have been bad or, or a drag. Mission to, Impossible to, didn't know. make money. Indiana yeah, Jones. Mission Impossible, didn't but make... I love that was that, that character. She was great. But so, I mean, yeah. that that indicates perhaps a genre fatigue, those two movies going down. But I think in the mm-hmm. case of Marvel, if you had a movie starring, say, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr., and mm-hmm. you know the Captain America guy. I'm probably mixing my my um, things. I don't know if it's Marvel or whatever. I you know I don't know the difference between them. But <laughs> you don't know the difference between I hate the, I hate the whole genre, and I know something about the difference between Marvel and DC. There you people. go, Marvel and DC. <laughs> so I could bit. be blending them all together. I don't know. But if you had a movie with those guys in it, those alpha dudes, it would yeah. make five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred million dollars instantly. Mm, because the, yeah. they would be giving the audience what they wanted. Somewhere mm-hmm. along the, the way, Hollywood has lost the plot. They stopped caring about the majority. Mm-hmm. They just don't care about... Whenever I watch a Hollywood movie, I think all they're trying to do is appeal to this tiny minority of woke people. Yeah. Uh, like the mean girl saying or whatever. And they think it's okay. Like They think somehow that's, that's going to help them survive. I, I'm not really sure how, but that's what they believe. By the way, uh, at your instruction... <clears throat> I sat through Mean Girls, which I had never really watched. Uh, it's the 2004 version. And I uh, got through it, and I, I really hated the catty, ugly, uh, you know, I'm going to get you and undermining uh, each other and all that, you know, competitive stuff. about. Mm. But uh, it does have some moments of sanity. That's when uh, I love the moment when the three, the four girls, including, uh, including um, Lindsay Lohan, uh, they start singing. Uh, a song rather than lip syncing it and everybody kind of gets into that that was a good moment actually mm-hmm. remember that where tina fa is uh is trying to say all right let's cut the shit how many how many of you close your eyes how many of you have ever uh you know said shitty things about a friend of yours or you know yeah and they're all they all raise their hands and you know how many have been you know kind of dissed by your friends they all raise their hands so it kind of gets past all that and it does end well with uh, the new Mean Girls coming along, and Lindsay Lohan looking at them and saying, "Oh, oh God, those awful people!" You know, so that was nice. I, I actually didn't mind the the ending. I thought it was actually okay. So yeah, see, and I that's that's what I wanted you to see the ending. I wanted you to see the ending. Some... Go ahead. I wanted you to see the ending because I wanted to point out to you that this was the seeds of wokeness in this movie. Um, I didn't know it before because. This movie came out in 2004 right. and um you know we we weren't we were building our utopia then under Obama we were all good people doing No wait good a Obama was 09 remember he got elected Oh yeah, yeah 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 we weren't quite to Obama but we were getting there we were building our utopia of you Obama know, had given his very first big time speech at the yeah, Democratic yeah, 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 yeah. National Convention in the summer of '04. Right, that's but the first time I, anybody. When heard Obama of did rise to power, in my opinion, that was when our utopia was fully realized as the kind of America we believed should exist, which is an inclusive mm-hmm. America where no marginalized person is left behind, and that's mm-hmm. when our side became the good people, the good Puritans, instead of. What mm-hmm. we used to be, which was the counterculture, the subversives, the you know, it politically incorrect types on the left. Once we became these kind of good Puritans, um, that's really when the wokeness thing started because we, you know, 
utopias only have two paths. One is they can destroy, they collapse or they have to become authoritarian. There's no other option because they have to be authoritarian, meaning they have to mandate that everybody think a certain way and everybody behave a certain way, even in so much as these are the movies that you have to like. You have to like Brie Larson in this superhero movie that's, you know, inclusive, because if you don't, you're a bad person. You're a sexist. You're a racist, mm-hmm. right? There's this idea. They're not putting it into law just yet. They're trying, but it's, it's, it's very much about forcing people to do what they will not do willingly. Or one of the things they won't do willingly is pay money to see a shit movie they don't want to see. That is a, is a political ideology being shoved down their throat. And mm-hmm. Mean Girls was the very beginnings of that because, you know, at the end, Mean Girls doesn't, Mean Girls is such an interesting hybrid between what things used to be like and what things are like now because it doesn't mm-hmm. deny the, the reality of the hierarchy. The hierarchy in high school and the hierarchy in life is the beautiful blonde is the one everybody loves and worships, right? That's always been in American culture, this idea of this, this iconic blonde. Marilyn mm-hmm. or Jane Mansfield or Madonna. Um, and one of the reasons I think Barbie did so well is because it had the iconic blonde at the top of it, you know, and, and there was a saying that no show on television could get produced unless they had one hot blonde. There always had to mm-hmm. be a blonde. So Mean Girls has the hot blonde. So does the new one, by the way. But it, it also has these hierarchies of girls where the, the, where the top tier are these beautiful, blonde, mean girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the pretty girl, Lindsay Lohan. And then you've got all the other fringe characters. So you've got the fat girl. You've got the girl in the wheelchair. You know, you're seeing that. And you've got the funny mathletes guy, right, who's, who's a person of color who only likes women of color. Um, and they're still able to joke mm. about all these things. Like it hasn't been mandated yet. It's not verboten. It's not going to mm. kill your career. It's not going to destroy you. It's just kind of funny what they're joking about. Um, and then at the end, Lindsay Lohan basically gives it all up and says, we don't need this hierarchy. I'm going to split up the crown. And, you know, you're really pretty, she says to the, to the heavy girl. And your hair must have taken you a really long time. And you look beautiful. And then to the girl in the wheelchair, and you look amazing too, and everybody's really happy. And that feeling of inclusivity, that feeling of everybody gets a piece of the crown, everybody gets a certificate, and nobody has to feel bad, and nobody is marginalized. And, and that's precisely hated. what Lindsay Lohan does when she receives the crown. She throws little pieces of the crown to everyone. Yeah. That's, that's what you're talking about. Right. And I'm saying that's what the goal was in our utopia, and that's where we've arrived. But the problem mm-hmm. is, if you start to deny reality, that's when you're going to start to destroy the purpose of art. And that's where we are now in the destruction of reality, meaning you have yeah. to like this terrible movie mm-hmm. with this girl in it, this humorless, po-faced girl. And in, um, you know, Scarlett Johansson and, you know, whatever it is they're trying to... Oh. <laughs> whatever it is they're trying to sell people which is always like a thing of you have to like this thing we're going to make you oh yeah it's a kitty so have have, yeah they're having a fight now oh shit um so what is it uh, that you understand specifically and clearly about the mean girls sequel which is coming out pretty soon i guess and how you're saying it's different 
in what way you think it's more you're probably more wokey than it was in 04 it was just the beginnings as you say well i think that what the first thing you notice about it is that it that it is inclusive uh cast stunt casting right so in the original mean girls it's it's white girls at the center right with all with with Mm -hmm. everybody else on the fringe because that was sort of the high school life of tina fey and somebody like me you know we're older I don't, mm-hmm. you know, going to high school now would obviously be different. Um, and, you know, the, the mean girls, the core, the icon girls might be a different kind of set of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still have the blonde at the top. Um, mm-hmm. It is the movie of the musical. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what it's going to be because I never saw the musical. So I don't know how much they're going to be able to joke. But we're basically living in a, in a culture now that wouldn't make fun of a fat girl. For instance, mm-hmm. right. Mean Girls does make. Is fun there of really it. a fat fat girl in the new one? I looked at the trailer. I don't. I see a sort of chubby girl, but not fat. Yeah, girl, but but in the no? new woke order, fat girl isn't a fat girl, right? She's she's like in Barbie. She's accepted and. Oh right. Sure. Because think of the end of Mean Girls. That's that's it. That's the utopian mm-hmm. vision for America right now on the left, and right. so there can't be a hierarchy of a fat girl, because mm-hmm. it would be considered offensive. So you can't even have a hierarchy, in fact, in this day and age. Mm. You can't, because you can't have a hierarchy that says the pretty girls are on top. and the, Even though there is a hierarchy, it exists. But like, for instance, it doesn't have to be obviously a, a white blonde, because look at Kim Kardashian. She's the queen bee, and she's, um, she's not blonde, but she's still the ideal beauty, right? So it doesn't have yes. to just be a blonde. Here's the difference. Talk about <clears throat> comparing 23 to 04. In uh, exactly 10 years ago is when the star, the co-star of All of Us Strangers, Andrew Scott, who's been uh, talked up as a best actor contender. He's a very good performance and a good actor, obviously. Um, <clears throat> he was um, he came out in a uh, interview with The Independent. Um, it was a 2013 interview. And here's the quote. In which he, after he said, basically, uh, you know, this is who I am. It's part of my makeup. <clears throat> he said, mercifully, this is a quote from Andrew. Uh, These days, people don't see being gay as a character flaw. For for podcast listeners, we're about to go behind the paywall. So if you want to listen to the rest of this, you can um, pony up the. I dough. thought we were already behind the paywall.